0: Welcome to Interviews for Resistance. Since election night 2016, the streets of the U.S. have run with resistance. People all over the country have woken up with the conviction that they must do something to fight inequality in all its forms. But many are wondering what it is they can do. In this series, we'll be talking with experienced organizers, troublemakers, and thinkers who have been doing the hard work of fighting for a long time. They'll be sharing their insights on what works, what doesn't, what has changed, and what is still the same. I am Sarah Jaffe, your host.
1: Hi. My name is Randy Bryce. Um, I've been an iron worker for the past 20 years. I'm a U.S. Army veteran, a dad, cancer survivor, and I'm currently running to take Paul Ryan's seat in the 1st Congressional District.
0: All right. So your first ad announcing your candidacy got a lot of attention across the Internet. I'm um, specifically talking about health care, so let 's start out with healthcare. Um, tell us about okay. what what kind of health policy you want to see and your personal and family experiences that shape that
1: okay well, first of all, um, if you look at history every every place, every other country that the United States has had a military conflict with, they have some kind of universal health care coverage for everybody. And yeah. my opinion is that if it's good enough for everybody else, why can't we have it here? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very opposed to like pharmaceutical companies making huge money off of us. And, you know, we're pretty much everybody's corralled into paying high prices for, you know, not just drugs, but medical care overall. Um, and, and this stems from my own personal experience. Um, shortly after I got out of the army, I was diagnosed with testicular cancer. Um, the doctor told me I, I probably wouldn't be able to have children as a result of the surgery. Um, mm-hmm. and now, um, I was, you know, people that asked are like, well, didn't you get anything through the, through the, uh, through the VA? And mm-hmm. the thing, the thing is, is that I, the culture that we live in today, it's like you don't, at least myself, I should speak, you know, just for myself, but yeah. it's also other guys I work with, is that we really, don't go to the doctor, and, and we think that um, things are going to kind of fix themselves, and and it's right. uh, it only it's only when it gets really bad that we take time off work to go to the doctor. Um, right. So I I went, and then um, they did some tests, and then I had the initial meeting with the doctor, and he just kind of tossed a pamphlet of you know how to deal with testicular cancer. What is testicular cancer? One of those um, pamphlets. Right. And he was like, we'd like to operate within a couple of weeks. Um And I was like, okay. And so then we started talking about the, the process, and then when it came time for uh, insurance coverage, I was like, well, I, I don't have any. And I'm, I was working two jobs uh, full-time yeah. and had no health care okay. coverage. So I, I had to tell him, well, I don't have any insurance. How, you know, what, what can we do? How can I make arrangements to pay or something? And he was good. He was like, well, um, I'd be willing to work with my fee, you know, and so we can get it done and we'll work something out. Don't worry about that. But I can't guarantee anything for the anesthesiologist and, and everybody else that was going to be in the room. Um, mm-hmm. So, so he was like, well, I know a doctor um, that works at the medical works for the medical college of Wisconsin at a nearby hospital freighter. And mm-hmm. I ended up, uh, so he ended up referring me to this other doctor. Um, and I, I ended up driving there that same evening um and then after after I met with, with Dr. Seifert at the other place, he um he was like, Oh, you know, he looked at the results, they sent them them over and I, I carried uh, you know, some paperwork with me. He was like, We gotta do this right away. He was When did when is the last time you ate? And I said, Well, I stopped and had something on the way here. Um so they was like, Okay, we can't do it like right now which was what he wanted to do. He's like, We'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> So I I got admitted to the hospital right then and there. And uh, I mean, it was in a way, it was good because I didn't have time to freak out about, oh, my God, I have cancer. And, you know, it didn't have time to register. It it happened so quickly. But, Mm -hmm. you know, in the same time, too, that's why I couldn't go to the VA to ask for any kind of, you know, how do I get covered? I'm a a veteran. Um, It happened like that. And then so, I mean, that's something that if it happened to me, I'm sure there's other yeah. people that you know, similar situations that don't veterans that do have um you know, issues that come up that happen uh-huh. so quick and they're, they're emergency level issues that they can't they can't get health care for. So if if everybody was covered, um that's something that wouldn't be an issue. Um and yes. and then again, you know, looking um after being told that I wasn't gonna be to be able to have a son, I I ended up having a son. Yeah. Um, who's you know like my my little miracle guy, and as a parent I'm concerned with him. Um, you know, yeah. as an iron worker we're self-insured and we have decent insurance. Um, yeah. And I mean the the Obamacare could be improved a little bit. We because the iron workers provide good health care, it's it's covered. You know, we get penalized for the the Cadillac tax. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I know it's not perfect, but there are some there's some protections in there that I think we need to keep in place, you know, like the pre existing conditions. Um but and not to get off subject, going back to my son, um, you know, it's we're self insured, so it's based on hours worked. So it's okay. like during the winter months when there's not a lot of work, our our coverage, you know, it starts going down. Every every day we don't work. Um it gets closer and closer to being, you know, lowered to taken to a different, a lower tier, or just not mm. having it. So if I yeah. know I'm getting close to that, I look at my son, and he's like, Dad, I want to go out and play. And, you know, I don't think a parent should have to to worry about a kid going out to play and being a kid because they're not right. covered by health health insurance. But, I mean, there have been a couple of times um, when I I know I'm really close to not having insurance. And, you know, and, and if you're unemployed, you can't pay for, like, the COBRA, cost there's there was like 800 a month which you can't mm-hmm. afford um so th- i mean we should another thing is kids should be able to be kids they should be able to go out and play on a, a jungle gym and you know if mm-hmm. they do break a, a bone which is something that's not uncommon it shouldn't bankrupt the parent as a result yeah. um and then you know looking at at the uh the video too it has my mom in it. my mom
0: yeah.
1: has she's been diagnosed with ms um that happened yeah. in the like the mid 80s when I was in the army, they kind of kept that quiet from me. Um, but also my father, he has Alzheimer's and he's in assisted living. So, um, if my mom wasn't able, luckily she has insurance, um, because my dad's a, re- a retired police officer. But yeah. if she didn't have insurance to get her medication, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable how much hers would cost. She wouldn't be able to afford it. Um, and she wouldn't be able to. I mean, that gives her her independence. She can go visit right. my dad every day. Um, yeah. So it's. I mean, healthcare. That's. It's an easy, easy reason why that was the first subject because it affects – It's yeah. intergenerational. That it affects everybody, regardless of of um, you know your ethnic background um, and every everybody that works for a living. You know, I, I think just the very the, the most wealthy people. Are the only ones that don't have to worry about it, so it's yeah. an important issue. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So Paul Ryan, of course, is uh, leading the charge to dismantle the Affordable Care Act. Um, so was that the thing that made you decide to run against him?
1: There's, there's a lot of things. That's the, that's the biggest issue as far as policy wise. But mm-hmm. I think an even bigger issue is just, uh, I mean, as an iron worker, if, if I show up to work, or you know, first of all, I have to show up at the job right. site. To do the job. And if I don't do my job, then I'm going to get replaced with somebody who can. Um, and my job, you, you know, Paul Ryan should be representing people. He's not even, he hasn't had any public town hall event in the district for over 600 days. But yeah. he's had over 50, you know, big dollar fundraisers where pay $10,000 to get your picture taken with him. So he, he's not doing his job. Um, and that's the bigger issue, I think, is that he's refusing and and you know, based on him doing things like taking away health care, he has reason not to want to face the people in this district. I don't blame him for being afraid to show his face because a lot of people are upset and angry, but yeah. that's the number one thing. How can he represent people he doesn't want to see
0: yeah, yeah, um. What has it been like in your district since this last election? Um, I know people have put up billboards and things, um, criticizing Ryan on healthcare. Yeah. Um, I know elsewhere in Wisconsin, I've talked to folks in Milwaukee who were part of the, the day without an immigrant marches and strikes. But, um, right. has there been a lot of, um, protest activity in your district?
1: There's, there has been. There are, are groups, um, like Forward Racing, Forward Kenosha, groups that have sprung mm. up since, um, since this past election, that mm-hmm. um, are getting involved. There's like uh, every Sunday. There's a group that meets outside his Kenosha office. Um, I participated in an event where we just read the Constitution. Um, the Working Families Party has been getting very involved in the district, yeah. um, as far as calling him out and and trying to make him accountable. We've had yeah. there were a couple events, um, and again, help put forth by the uh, Forward Kenosha group that invited. Mm-hmm the neighboring representative Mark Pocan from yes. the second congressional district. So we have to, if we want to find out what's going on in Washington, D.C., like with this, this health care, I mean, it's not even really a health care bill. It's a tax cut. Um, but how it's going to affect us, we have to ask a neighboring congressman to come talk to us. And, and luckily, um, there's a man as, as kind as, as Mark Pocan that's willing to come do that, not once but twice.
0: Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit more about the district. I mean, Paul Ryan was pretty easily reelected last time, but um, you already have some endorsements and support lined up. Um, tell us why this time is right. different.
1: Well, um, this time, it's, its I mean, it took a lot of people that were starting to ask me to consider getting into it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, thanks, I'm flattered that you're asking. Uh, and then it started, you know, some other groups and, and local electeds had been, Randy, you know, you should really think about this. You're exactly the, the kind of guy that we need. You're, you're everything that he's not. You're, I mean, what you do for a living, um, you're a vet, you know, the, the experiences that I've had. And I mean, it's, it's pretty much everything that he's doing, everything that he's taking away affects me somehow, you know, some part of my life. He's trying to, he's trying to snatch away. And I know just talking to neighbors that, they're being affected too. Um, and, and just this whole divide and conquer thing really has people upset, you know, and, and, uh, talking about making America great again when, um, that doesn't happen by dividing us. It's, it's never helped make us great. Um, what, what makes us great is, you know, bringing up the United part of the United States and, um, people, people are having buyer's remorse, a lot of buyer's remorse, um, I mean, Donald Trump had a, a decent message that re- resonated with some working people, but I was like, just wait and see. He's he's not going to do any of it. It sounds good, but he's not going to do any of it because he's not one of us. And Paul Ryan is totally complicit. Um, he's choosing, you know, the party over the people. He's he he thanked the entire um, Wisconsin Republicans at their convention. He thanked everybody for. Electing Donald Trump. So he, he owns Donald Trump. He's, um, you know, there was a chance at one time when he was hesitant to back him, but, um, they're handcuffed together right now and, and they're in the same boat and that boat has a leak.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned, you know, there's been a lot of, of talk about the, the working class and specifically the white working class after Trump's election, but neither party runs very many people. Um, union workers for office. So tell us why it's important to not just sort of pay lip service to workers or wear a baseball and pretend that you're working class, but actually elect working people to office.
1: It's, I mean, who better to speak out for working people than other working people? I, I, I don't think that representatives, it, it should be an auction. You know, I, I think we need to get all this big money out of politics so that people really do have a say in, in who is being represented. It's, it's an election, not an auction. And, yeah. um, I mean, I, I don't see any better person. I don't want to, you know, when I vote for somebody, I look at similarities. Like, how is that person like me? What do we have in common? Um, and, you know, does that, what, where does that person stay? What have they, what have they done for a living? Uh, and you have somebody like Paul Ryan that's, you know, he's made his living as a congressman. He, you know, and, and he sees his job as, taking things away from people. And he's the one that had the speech about makers and takers, which is, uh-huh. you know, to this day, it's, it's completely ironic that he's still in office when he's taking anything, you know, away. And, and we're working twice as hard and, and getting so much less. And that's just not right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, what are some of the other issues that you want to focus on in this campaign?
1: Um, well, good-paying jobs. They're, you yeah. know, like, like I, uh, talk about a lot with the, uh, there were great paying auto worker jobs, um, in Kenosha, in Janesville, um, yeah. and right now in the state of Wisconsin, Racine and Janesville, which are both within the first congressional district, they compete yeah. every year for who has the highest unemployment rate. They're number one and number two every year. Um, yeah. you know, and, and now too, Waukesha, some of the best paying jobs in Waukesha, the whole factory is moving up to Canada and um, you know, Congress could have done something to keep those jobs here. You, Donald Trump was bragging about how he's going to keep all these great paying jobs in the United States. It, it's all talk. And people are tired of hearing talk um, promises. Don't feed families.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is a complicated question, but um sort of related to all of this, right, there's a big debate going on right now about sort of what the Democratic Party should do in order to not just challenge Trumpism, but really sort of turn around the, the state that it's been in in a while. So I wonder if you have some thoughts on that.
1: I I want to see more people like me, more working people run for office, um, you know, and and Bernie Sanders showed that he can get a lot of people with small contributions, which is exactly what's happening with our campaign it's um we raised over a hundred thousand dollars in in the first day and looking back at the contributions it's all under 30 dollars is is the average contribution so it's not you know and and working towards getting all this big money out working against citizens united um because that's why uh, i mean people that don't have a backbone it it could be tempting i don't know i i can't imagine ever selling out my brothers and sisters, people I work with on a job that you know look out for me um, on a daily basis. I, I can't possibly imagine selling them out. Um, but money is a big issue in politics, and I think the biggest thing, though, that needs to be done is a message on you know working people need a voice and yeah. we need to be listened to. If you're not going to elect us, make sure it's somebody that knows what our issues are, preferably by living them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we also often get told that in parts of the country, um, you have to be, quote, socially conservative to win. Um, you're a supporter of, of gay rights, abortion rights. Um, do you think that will be a challenge or do you think people there um, are not exactly what people on the coast think they are?
1: Um, I I don't think that's a challenge. I, you know, like I said, I, I know being a working person myself, what my values are. And my values include looking out for each other, helping each other um and you know holding a ladder when for people to get up to the top and and not kicking it off once you get to the top yourself so i i'm not you know I'm not concerned about um, my values being out of out of whack that's the people I, I I work with every day um you know we take care of each other that's that's what this country's about that's why I enlist it. And that's not what's going on in Washington, D.C. right now. We're being ignored. Um, and, and I see this as being attacked. Working people's values are being attacked.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of working people's values, um, a bunch of people that I know sort of when your ad went up and we're, people were passing it around, were like, oh, I know him from the protest in 2011. And <laughs> um, so, right, Wisconsin. We can't talk about Wisconsin without talking about the protest. Scott Walker's attacks on labor, um, you're in the state that's been in ground zero for attack on union workers. Um, right. Tell us a little bit about that back to the, you know, 2011 and what's been going on since then, the right to work law, all of those things.
1: It's It's been crazy. It's um, Wisconsin has literally been turned into a banana republic. And when I was in the Army, I spent time in Central America. I, I've been in a, in a authentic, genuine banana republic. That's what Wisconsin has become they've gone uh, I mean you're talking about like the occupation where people were staying overnight in order to testify because that was holding the bill from getting passed they you know they as long as people were willing to line up and I mean it, it was a twenty four hour a day thing they couldn't pass the bill and people were willing to wait all night to testify um, uh-huh. the Wisconsin Republicans have since turned to a method known as ambush legislation, which is where they'll announce something at the last minute. They have to give, by law, they have to give 24 hour notice to the public to be able to speak. Um, mm-hmm. But what they do is they, and they have the system down now, um, They uh, where they, they announce a bill, they have everything planned out to ram it through as quickly as possible. They set limits on the time allowed for the public to be able to testify, um yeah. which I I mean then again that just goes back to the message now of people wanting to be heard. So they, they don't want to hear us. They know what they're gonna do anyways. And even though like take the the right to work legislation for instance, mm-hmm. um there's like freedom of information act acts done to legis- legislators asking for the percentage, you know, of who is for and who is against. And 90% of the people, of the constituents that contacted their legislators were opposed mm-hmm. to Right to Work, yet yeah. the, the legislators still voted to pass it. it. It's gotten to the point where they don't care about us anymore. And and it's yeah. all about passing this anti-worker extremist agenda. Um, and now with Donald Trump in the White House um, and Paul Ryan as speaker, what's happened in Wisconsin has been exported to the, the national level.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely sounds very familiar since the Republicans right. just put out their health care bill today as we're right. talking. Right, I would love a little bit more on, you know, having taken part in, in those protests and, and the, the movement, the actions that are going on in your district now, what do you okay. think the role is in, in sort of social movements, protests um, connected to electoral politics?
1: Well, it's... Um I mean, the people that first got involved with Act there a lot of people have stayed engaged the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. and as more and more is taken away, I, I'm seeing more and more people become active. Um, actually out, you know, out in the streets in front of buildings active with all these indivisible groups. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a forward Kenosha, forward Racine groups, the working families party. There's a lot of grassroots people, um, are, are getting involved. They're like, we've had enough, and and that's what we've been trying to do. Everybody that's been involved since Act Ten, um, you know, understood this is not going to end until everybody's squashed. So get up now, before, you know, while you still have a voice. And and people are starting to understand that if we don't turn things around quickly, um, we're not going to have much left. So it's great to see people you know, and the successes too things that we've done that have been successful, putting pressure on um on legislators on companies um you know we were able to keep Donald Trump from visiting Harley Davidson as a result of coordinated action, which I mean it doesn't in the scheme of of world issues it doesn't make a a big difference, but it's a huge victory if we can control a president from visiting a local company due to due to pressure right. that we put on them. So, I mean, that, that was a huge victory. And it's just stuff, just seeing what we can do together. You know, it's it's basically people are understanding that you line up all the pawns on one side of a chessboard and you have a queen on the other side and there's only one result, but you need all the pawns to stay together. So it's, people are waking up and it's great to see. Yeah.
0: Um, so last thing, people really love your Twitter handle um folks want to know i have been asked to ask you um the story behind the twitter handle and then um, other than following you on twitter how else can people keep in touch with you
1: um well i i do have a facebook page um randy bryce there's a there's a public one my um personal one has been kind of filled up but i keep a lot of um things posted publicly so i try i mean i try to stay in touch, and my Twitter feed is mostly made up by me, too. If it's um campaign staff, then they'll put initials, you know, their initials after it. Um, but the the name came about, I was at a National Building Trades convention, and the guy that does the social media forum, um, Coop, he was like, you really need to get involved in Twitter, and Facebook had been our way of communicating with, yeah. uh, for, you know, like during the Act 10 times. Um, so I was like, yeah, okay, what the heck, I'll I'll try it, and I'm like, just thinking up a name, and people have always, you know, made some comments about my mustache, and jokingly, and uh so like, iron, it, I mean, it just kind of popped in my head, there's no, it, it was kind of a silly way, and I, I, so I was like, so how about this iron, iron stash, and he was like, <laughs> that's brilliant, that's brilliant, you should use it, go with it, that, that'll work, and I, I mean, I, I kept it, I, and like I said, it's, um, there was talk about should we get a, a campaign Twitter feed going, and and everybody pretty much decided. I was like, Randy, just be you. What we need is yeah. you. We don't need, we don't need, you know, anything other than you. So, yeah, what you see is what you get. It. <laughs>
0: but it is it I is it.
1: entertaining. It's really entertaining to see see the results. It's like, how can this guy lose with that Twitter handle? It's, <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's
0: yeah. Funny. Yeah. That's excellent. Um, So, and what's the official campaign website?
1: RandyBriceForCongress.com.
0: Interviews for Resistance is a project of Sarah Jaffe with assistance from Laura Faiwa and support from the Nation Institute. You can find more information at NecessaryTrouble.org. Thanks for listening.